So last week we spoke about, we began to speak about the topic of what I call imparting values. And that's how you, you transmit to your children what's, what you see as important. Not by direct lessons, not by giving instructions, not by giving musa, but rather by praising something. And the matter, since the child is desperate to earn their parents' praise, so what you look up to is something they'll want to be, so that you'll have a, that they will also will praise them too. And therefore I said, the important point to remember is not just to praise a virtue in your eyes, a great ladder, somebody who's much greater than you, but make a ladder, like we said last time, of levels which you can praise your child for what he's achieving too. Now it's not just that terror is important, terror is important, that's for sure. But if he's spending extra 10 minutes learning the Chazarani's Mishnahis, or the Psukim is always Kriya, or whatever it is, that's also important. That's also important. You bring it down to the level that they also feel achievement for the extra step that they take. And like I said, I'm just repeating this because I want to go weiter from that. It's a lesson learned from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Imagine if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Machshav Torah, but Moshe Rabbein is Torah, Shlein Amelah Torah. Oh, you spent another few minutes trying to understand the process. No, no, what's the big deal already? So you give up. But you are, we learn because we think HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Machshav Torah also. Kol Echad Ve'echad Ve'yashayashav Ve'shayin HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shani Kenegdo. So you have to act the same way. Uh, yes, for your child it's a baby step. At a very, at a much smaller level then. But okay, for him it's a level, and you have to match that also. So that's what we spoke about last time. Now, let's go to the next step. That's talking about what I consider important, and that's talking about uh, what I'm machshiv, what I consider to be a mailer. Besides so what a person speaks about as in you know, conversation and what he, he, he shows, he feels important, there's another point also. And this is the more, most partial one, I just want to leave it for last because us as the parents, it's the hardest one to work on. And that is, we spoke about expressing your feelings for your children, encouraging them to res- respond to those feelings, to love you as well, that makes the cash you can work with, which you can build on. We spoke about finding a value system which you want your children to pick up on as well. Now the third big the third big factor in this category is the child watches you. He sees what you, he sees what you, what you do and he naturally mimics it. He naturally copies you. I'm not just talking about madness, I'm talking about even the way you respond to a certain situation, the way your style of how you speak, the style of the style of how a person speaks, what they talk about, the, the, even the choice of language, the topic, whatever it's going to be, they hear from their parents. And therefore, before we come to formal chinuch, or dealing with specific situations, right, the strongest uh, lesson, so to speak, that a child learns is for what child, he watches what his father does. Not just, until now he's talking what his father says. Following the way how his father does. I tell a story, I heard it from Professor Crone 30 years ago maybe, but it's, it's a true story that brings up this point. He said there was a, a, every guy for little kids. So, how do they spend Fridays? They have a Shabbos party, there's a Shabbos Tats, and the Shabbos Mummy, whatever it is. And it's basically they're meant to have a play, play the Shabbos experience. And obviously, it's very revealing each kid about how they play the part obviously what what they see at home 
So he speaks, he tells the story of one kid in the garden, that every little boy, three old, three old, three old, wherever he was, and every time he's a Shabbos guy, he's so new, and he's good. Okay, so he's uh, okay, so he's kiddish, he says, good Shabbos, he falls asleep. <laughs> and, uh, okay, that's the experience that the child has, so we laugh at it, right? for him that's reality. What does the father do on Shabbos? He got to sleep off the kiddish. Uh, it's a joke, it, I mean, it's a true story, but we laugh at it. But uh, it's not such a funny story. When you have a, I'll take it to the next level, this has really happened. We had a Barakana Yeshiva five years ago, and we, no one understood what the issue was. But every single Shabbos morning, he used to get drunk. And it's a bit of a strange thing to do. You know, if guys want to party at night, no, we don't like it, I understand it. But they get drunk before Shabbos Shabbos morning, like, what's the... What's what's the what's the type of, what's what's going on? So eventually, he decided, uh, the shiva can deal with it so much. He started calling his parents. So the shiva called his father. He said, "Listen, you have an issue with your son. We want to mishat if you are involved in it because we want to work together. What's the issue?" He said, "He gets drunk every Shabbos morning." Right? So the father says, "What's the problem?" So I said, "Well, I do something about it." Well, uh, I don't think it's such a problem. I do it myself. So now we understand. That's the, what he grew up with, right? The Mahalach Yalech is he get drunk Shabbos morning, so okay. So then he, it's not even something which is so much a Bechira. It's more like that's what, that's what we do. That, that's what he grew up with, that's all. Now that's the negative side. I'm just giving this as the example. That's the negative side. And the important point here is that the, the lessons that a child learns by mimicry by copying, right, are things you don't realize is copying. It's not like you actually make an active effort to try and teach a child, this is what I want you to learn, this is what I want you to be, and therefore then watch what I'm doing be the same. It's things you don't even think about, right? But, 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 because, but by him, he's looking up to you, and this is what we do, right? So you don't realize that you're being the living example, and you're showing what to do, even in those areas where you're not actively trying to teach. And this is what makes things a little bit more complicated because if a person is aware of this, then the khara, it's very hard to always, like we said that, uh, I heard this once from a very chashim, the Rosh Hashim. He said that the Ramos is right against Shulchan Aruch. Shavisi Hashem Negdi Talmud. What is it? Mechaevas. That everything you do, you know Hashem is watching you. So you're not going to talk the same way, you're not going to sit the same way, you're not going to act the same way because everything you do, Hashem is watching you. So he told me once, he said, you know, to live on that level is the minus of Tadikim Hagdayim Shalachim Tamit Nehashem, Lashon of the Ramah. To live with that reality that Hashem is watching everything I do and every move I make, it's very hard. He said, I've got a better answer. If you're at home, your kids are watching you. And everything they do, they're learning from you. This is the way we do with this, this is the way we deal with that. You know, when a guy knocks on the house with stalker, what do we do? Like we, we slam the door in his face, we tell him, Tom, I'm at home. He said, ah, I didn't have a half a shekel anyway. You go and say, him, what? How do you react? Now, I wasn't giving them a lesson how to deal with Alim, but you did give them a lesson. They saw what you do. And the problem is by us, since we don't think about it, we tend to do the same thing again and again. Which means it's just it's a reinforced behavior. Right? Because we react a certain way to whatever, whatever incident it's going to be, so that's why we react to it. So that just reinforces, this is the way to do it. When a guy knocks on the door, you run away and say, I'm not home. Right? Or whatever it's going to be. Right? It's, it's, it's a lesson we're teaching without intending to teach. And that's why it's dangerous, because not that the message we want to give across is the message they're picking up on. 
Another story. Another story. This is a heard from Chanech in Israel. I think the, the father in, in, in the story uh, was, got his kapara in the bushes that happened in the story. What happened was there was a, uh, you know, every cheder in Israel, I think, and maybe in the world, when the kids are five and six, they start learning chumash to make this big chumash party. So, one cheder, they made a big chumash party, invited all the parents and grandparents and everybody, and all the kids were on stage, and the devil thought he's going to ask some questions. So, he asks the one kid, he says, tell me something, why are we making this big party? He says, we're starting chumash. He says, ah, and he's uh, starting to turn, and then so he says, the second kid, and why is it important than Torah? He said, yes. So he asked the third kid, is anything more important than Torah? So the kid said, yes. That uh-huh. wasn't the script. Right? So he says, really? What's more important than Torah? So the kid said, Charlotte. Uh-huh. It's a true story. So, so whatever, I was a bit thrown by that. So he said, why do you think that? So he says, because every Shabbos, I t- when I t- on a meal, I tell my father this, the parish we had that week. And when the child comes, he's like, okay, now stop with each other. So I see child is more important. Oh. You know, we invite him to the Torah to each other. <laughs> like I said, I think the father in the audience oh. probably got his kapara out of the, the genius. But Lemaise. It's just a good example of the same idea. It's a good example of the same idea. Had you asked the father what's more important? What would he have told his child? He, of course, he's a terrible point. But no, no, the, as the expression goes, actions speak louder than words. If it's a, a message which you're giving, even if you don't intend to do it, that's what the kid learned from it. Right? You know, you're in the middle of turning the parish up, and then now we have to stop. Now we have to eat. So that's more important. It's a certain uh, awareness, that, like I said, to think of every possibility and exactly everything you're doing and exactly what your child's seeing you do. It's, it's not so easy. But at least it's a certain awareness that you're being, you're being watched. You're being watched, not critically. You're being watched by someone who really wants to learn from you. And therefore, everything you do is interesting because that's what we do. Remember, for the child who doesn't know the difference, he doesn't know what you're doing because that's the halakha, what you're doing because that's your mishogas, what you're doing because you didn't think about it. He just sees what you do. And uh, it's just like when you say, I'm all right, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, I always said this the joke about the uh, Talmud of the Stifle in B'nai Brak that the way they walk is they used to shuffle their feet without picking off the ground. That's what the stifle The reason the stifle like that was because he's an old man and he, was, and he couldn't, unfortunately. When he was young, he used to walk normally. But he got to the age, he pushed he couldn't. So he used to shuffle along without picking up his legs. But there wasn't a, a mile, there wasn't a, a level. It was, if all you're going to base on, I see what he does, I do the same. Okay, so whatever, that, that's not a mahalach. But for an adult, we understand, you meant to think. Like, is there a reason for what he's doing? Or is it just because you can't do anything different or because of any other reason. A child doesn't know the difference. All they know is what you do. And they know, all they know is what you do, so then they, they can't differentiate, this is the halakha, this is what you have to do, this is what is my, is my parents' mishugas, and therefore this is what I have to do. And this goes both ways. This goes both ways. It starts with a little child who thinks everything is halakha. I have to exactly copy. And it finishes with the older child that thinks everything is mishugas. Right, this is that, everything. It's, uh, this is not real. This is this is matter though. Everything we, we, I haven't learned that. I think it's all it's, it's all his things. Uh, I, none of it's really important. It has both sides to it. Okay, so that's the first point. The first point is uh, to be aware of what your children are learning from you, even if you're not intending to be the teacher. 
Until now, I said the easier part, which is Maisin. Where it's much, much more of a problem. And that is when it comes to Midas. When it comes to Midas. Because, let's say, a person can excuse themselves for their bad Midas, so to speak. And they'll say, it's not just me, everybody's like that. Right? No one's perfect, everyone has their bad Midas, so it's understandable, it's excusable, it's a normal thing. Right, but again, for the for the child who's looking up to you, as this is the right way to act, they're not going to see it as something we have to apologize for. That kilo, my father's not perfect and he does things wrong. They're going to see that this is the right way to do things. This is the right way to do things, and they're going to learn from you. That's the right way to do things. Right. So, for example, that that's just one or two examples. Uh, the 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 father who his nature or has the middle that is very macular everything. Right. So. Again, somebody else or an older person would see it as, okay, so everyone has their weaknesses. This is his weakness. He's too uptight, he's too tense, he's too macro, he's too not willing to be mavat, not willing to get a go. Okay, it's his problem. Everyone has their issue, this is his issue. The child doesn't see it like that. On the contrary, they see this is, a, this is what we do. This is my part. That's what I do as well. The person is very lazy. So again, somebody else will see it. Someone else will see it as a... Sorry, for the child, they don't, they, don't, they don't naturally think of their parents as being wrong. They naturally think of their parents as being right. And again, as like I said, there's a certain age where this changes over. Right? Until they think their parents are right, and after they think their parents are always wrong. But it's a, there's a certain change in development. We'll talk about it when we get there. But until that stage, so they look at that, that's, that's the normal way to be. That's, a, that's right. That's acceptable, whatever it's going to be. And therefore, it's more than just a, a nicer, so to speak. It's more that, it's, it's, it's not nice to say this, but in a certain way, a parent tra- trains his children with his bad medicine. Because by seeing it by him the whole time, they think that's normal. Where's it not getting nicer? Just one example of this. One example of this. Purim. Purim. There's, let's say, if you ask the question, Mirosh, we're still holding a week ahead of time, we can still think about planning for it. What would we want our children to, to think of how we meant to celebrate for it? What would we want our children to see as what the, what the result of Purim is meant to be? The Haino. Even if for a person for himself, okay, so they're going to drink, they're going to act a certain way when they're drunk, and they're okay with them, who's going to look at them? They're just one of the guys, they're just a regular address, or just whatever it is. So, no one's learning any lessons from that. Right. Okay, that's, that's true. But when your children are old enough to watch you, and then they're going to learn, this is Purim. Just like they watch at Seder night, they say, this is what we do at the Seder, and they watch you at Rosh Hashanah, and this is what we do at Rosh Hashanah, what do we do in Purim? Right? So they're going to look up to watch you, what do we do in Purim? And therefore, there's a certain cheshpun, uh, just like any other time, there's a certain cheshpun in how a person wants to act on Purim in a way which is not going to Let's say give a wrong idea to, to one's children of this is the way we meant to be Purim. And yes, okay, if you think what you're doing in Purim is Namish that's the way everyone's meant to be spending Purim. I'm not talking about that. Okay, so then that's what you want to show to do. Uh, but if, it's, if you feel that this isn't exactly the message you want your children to pick up, so that's another reason to be careful because, again, they won't see you as being wrong. They'll see you as what you meant to do. 
I want to extend this to another point. It's basically coming from the same side, a little bit of a different idea, but it's coming from the same side. And that is, it's very important for a child to be able to think like that to the parents. Just like we said, it's very important that they get their parents' approval. It's very important for a child to look up to his father or to his mother, but in a different sense, but it's the same idea. It's very important for a child to look up to his parents. He sees them as the ones you're protecting, as his guides, as everything else. Right? And therefore, therefore, it's critically important. I'm not talking to a parent now, I'm talking to Stan as a rule. Never tell a child something bad about his father. Never tell, some, not tell a friend or something, something bad about him in front of his child. You're doing a tremendous damage to the chinuch that he can provide his child if you put him down in his, child, in his child's eyes. It's good, it's healthy, it's meant to be like that. There is, there's a reason why a person can say, Avi Moiri, or whatever it's meant to be. A child's meant to look up to his father because his father is meant to be the model that he's meant to follow. And therefore, that harakha, that respect, that understanding, and we said, you're not meant to be your, your child's friend. You're meant to be close to him, you're meant to work together with him, but he's meant to look up to you. That gives him the dream to, so to speak, emulate you. And therefore, it's a dangerous thing. Never put down a, 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 never put down a, a father in front of his son. Because you're ruining their arachah. And kalvachaymeh, if you also sign with the child's marriage. Now, if you're walking the street with your kid and some guy across the, across the street starts getting abuse at you, who cares about it? That's fine. But if it's somebody else the child respects, right? And... And in that position, you lower the, his esteem for his father, you're doing a tremendous damage. Where does this get to specifically? And it's very hard. And being in a position, like I can tell you, it's very hard if you're a mechanic. It doesn't make a difference if you're a rabbi in the cheda, or you're a rabbi in the yeshiva, or you're the mashkirch, whatever it is. And someone's going to come and tell you, the kid's going to come and say, my father said like this, or my father does like that. And you know, 100% the father's wrong, and it often happens. Not every father is a god ladder. Right? 100% is wrong. Either he's wrong in halacha, or he's wrong in Pshat in the Sogya, or he's partially wrong in Hanagah Sakhai. It happens. It happens regularly. Right? Now, what are you going to tell the person who came to ask you? Your father's not alert. He doesn't understand anything. What are you going to do? Because if you're going to do that, what, most times, whatever the point that you disagree about is, even if you had set him straight and you proved him inside why you're right and his father's wrong, you're in a mass of doing more damage. And a Kalvachayim by a little child, a Chayyad Rebbe, you're doing more damage than you did good. Because what you're doing is bad and you're ruining his aracha for his father. Right? You said like this, but I asked my Rebbe, and my Rebbe said, you're wrong. So, the implication is, I can't trust you. What's the right way to deal with that? So, one of the many things that Rabbi made me do was become the head of the Vadarim, the parents' committee of the Chayda, downstairs from the Godel, so we said this with the Rebbe a few times. Look, what's, what's, the right, what's the right thing to do in, in a situation like that comes up? And one, the best suggestion was, was if a child tells the Rebbe, this was the Hanhog and the Cheder was, if a child tells the Rebbe something, my father said different, my father does different, so he says, thank you for telling me. What's his number? I want to discuss, I want to hear why he feels like that. Not, not, not wrong, not right, or whatever. Thank you for telling me. I, I want to talk to him. Now, when it's a one-on-one conversation, you can discuss why do you say that yet? No, what about this? What about that? We can talk like man-to-man. You can come to a conclusion. And if it's stuck wrong, then we find a way, so to speak, to protect the covenant of the Father. But for a mechanic to come out and, and so to speak, 
attack the, the, the natural respect that parent, a child has for his parents say, is then you doing, like I said, you're doing a lot of damage. Yeah, that's pretty easy to deal with. That, yeah. And you want to present a certain value system, and you realize you have people in your audience who that's not their value system from home. Which is, again, like I said, unless you're talking to a very, very serious crowd who's on the same wavelength exactly as the yeshiva, right, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So what's the way to deal with it? So the way we are, at least what we always try to do in the yeshiva, and I think it's the, the, the less, least confrontational way is, we're presenting you a certain worldview. There's different worldviews. We're not coming to bash a different shot. But you and Yeshiva, this is the Yeshiva's worldview. Not, are we saying that it's the only one? We're not going to go that far. That everybody else is wrong. Everybody else is missing the point. We can, we can, we'll, we'll say what we want to present strongly, if necessary. But it's a, and then, okay, there's one point. Remember also, at an older age, Bachram already, are better able to deal with that, that concept. Because they see it naturally. Like I said, there's a certain age where children think their parents are everything. A certain age where they see exactly the opposite. I mean, hopefully not exactly the opposite, but they see you know, the people much better than their father, and the people that know much better or know much more or much whatever it is. So automatically, as someone gets older, it kind of balances that more. The ikkah problem is by the younger children, but even then, we don't try and, and bash what the, the parents as that they're wrong. We try to present the shitza, which is this is the shitza, this is another way of looking, another mahalach in Yiddish guide, which we try and encourage them to follow strongly. Without, without trying to negatively so to say how everyone else is wrong. Yeah. And this is the biggest tragedy. And that is when the parents use this against each other. That's, it puts a child in a conflict situation where there's no where there's no easy resolution. Because a, a, a child, just like he looks up to his father, looks up to his mother. Right? We would like them both to encourage the child's feeling for the other one. Right? And it should build both ways. Right? But what happens is, when the one parent puts the other parent down in front of the child, so you're doing tremendous damage to the whole, besides for the Shalom passage, that's another problem, but to the child's growth. For example, if, if you see a child doing something, it's why doing that, and he says, well, mommy told me to. So you're going to tell him, mommy's not my she doesn't know a single thing. You're all wrong. Right? Forget about whether you're right or wrong halakhically. Maybe you know more halakh, maybe you talk right. But the damage you're doing is tremendous because now the father he respects tells him not to respect the mother he respects. If it works the other way around backwards, right? His mother asks him, who told you that? My father. Your father, he doesn't understand a thing, right? You're doing the same thing backwards, right? And that's, 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 it's, that's a compound damage, right? That's another thing to be careful of. And that is, again, just not going to understand. As, as a, a father understands that the harach your child has for you is important, it's for your wife is also important. Right? It has harach has to be both ways. And that's okay, so to do something to destroy the harach for the other parents, it, 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 it doesn't help you. It, it just ruins the harach for parents. You're both deserve from it. That's what I always say. That, uh, this is one of the primary problems in children or parents who are either fighting or get divorced. And then it's not so much the change of the environment. It's the fact that they have no one that they can be married. Because each person that they would naturally marry is telling how bad the other one is. It's now where we left it. Uh, it, it's, it destroys itself. So what do you do in such a situation? Let the parents who tell them retract it. 
I'll say like, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Lord, Whatever it's going to be. Let the parents who told them they retract it. Uh-huh. But it shouldn't be the other one tells them, right. uh-huh. you know, your, your mother, your father doesn't know what to do. And the same thing, like I said, when it comes to the Khaydah, right, ideally we would want, if the father says something wrong and the Rebbe knows better, which could be, let the father be the one to retract it. Why does it have to come from the Rebbe? That way you don't use Arachah. So that's the, the second point. The importance of not destroying the natural harakha that a child has for his parents. That's something which is a, ne- a necessary kimat. It's something it's naturally there, but it's a necessary thing that that a child needs in order to be able to recover from his parents, or he needs to try and emulate him. We spoke about the negative. Now let's speak about the positive. Now let's speak about the positive. If you want to be a tzaddik, right, the best thing you can do is strengthen that haracha. If you're in a position, for whatever reason, the child will listen, looks up to you. Again, you're the mechanech, you're the, the, old, the uncle, you're the whatever it's going to be, in a position where you have some influence or you have someone will listen to you. right? The best thing you can do is increase the child's haracha for his parents. It, it only helps for them. Right? So, for example, if, and this is an interesting one. I've seen this a few times, and it's, always, it's amazing how well it works. If, let's take two examples. The first one is with the grandparents. So, in a normal family, it's like you know, the grandparents, the elder one, and he's like the family, like you know, the top of the, so to speak, the, tra- the chain or the tree, whatever you want to call it. So for the grandparents to tell the grandchild, you should always listen to your father. He always knows what to do for you. Or you're lucky that your father's such a time of He can always give you good advice. Or whatever it's going to be, it's a tremendous thing. Because the child naturally hears what the, you know, the grandfather is considered to be chashev, and he tells him to listen to my father. Well, and the same thing in the setup. We're not talking about little children now so much, but even like five, six, seven-year-olds, if you're in the position of the rav or whatever it's going to be, any other position of influence, and you tell the child about why he should be Muhammad's father or what a what, what thing it is, whatever it is, again, you're doing a tremendous thing. Building the rock of a child to his parents, before you speak negatively, not to destroy it. If you can add to it, you can build it, you're helping the father, you're giving him the, the tools that he needs to, to now be able to direct. And that's what we spoke about. And then last three about three sections we want to speak about is before you start with chinuch itself is the tools that a father needs to the The first tool is a relationship. Relationship. The, what makes uh, the chinuch of children qualitatively different to random people I meet or students or uh, people who come to Mashir and whatever it's going to be is that there's a connection. I'm being mechanic from up close. I'm not being mechanic from the distance that I'm just imparting information. So the first tool that the parents need is the relationship. We spoke about how to build it. We spoke about how to receive and therefore how to connect the relationship. The second one is a value system. That once the child has the value system, which I want to help them get towards, that the second child need, they have the values that I want them to have. And the third one is harakha for the parents. I'm going to finish with the point which we started this about three weeks ago. And that is, like I said, it's, people talk to you the whole time. You have to be your child's friend. I don't think so. You have to be close to your child. 
you have to be able to understand them and talk to them at their level and 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 that they feel that they that they can talk to you. But you don't have to lower yourself that a child thinks you're their equal. That destroys our rachah. But it's like if you make yourself like like be on the level of the child that like we equals, and that's why you present yourself. You've destroyed also the harakha that they meant to have for you. They meant to have harakha, this is my father, and I want to be like him. I want to learn from him. That needs to stay there. It needs to be like that. It doesn't mean we can't be close. It doesn't have to be harakha because I'm distant, because I'm cold, because I'm hard, because... No. Even the closest, best, loving relationship. But Lemaisa, the father is 20 plus years older than the child. And Lemaisa, he has more experience. And Lemaisa, he does know more. Good, don't deny that. You're in the position there because you want to be you want you want him to grow. Right? And in the perfect Rebbe Talmud relationship it's the same thing. Yes, you want to be close to your Talmud. Right? That doesn't mean you're gonna be best friends with him. Right? You're still in the position of the one who's teaching. And therefore in that position, you want them to grow. You want to help them encourage them to move forward, but it's come, it comes from a position of Arafa. Those are the three tools you have. Closeness. Uh, values, sh- common values, which you're trying to, he'll, he'll, the child also wants to get to, and tarach. The fact that they respect you, well, not mean respect in distance, respect from the point that they want to emulate you. Yeah. Going back to the. When I said before that a person has to marry or make the child marry his parents, as long as it's not touching the Isra Khanufa. In other words, if it's a person who's not a good person, and by being married more is going to them be not good for the child, then you're right. Then uh, I'm not helping. I'm not. I'm not achieving much by being, by by adding the harakha. I was talking about a normal case. It's a normal, well-meaning you father. Bring out the good point that you do see in the person. You can bring out the good point always. And then if, uh, again, the, the answer then is like the Chavetz Chaim says, you have nothing good to say. Don't say bad. Then just say nothing. You're right. And if if I'm worried that the father's influence on his son is negative. And then encouraging that is is not going to help. Then a person establishes a um even if he doesn't want to destroy it, then not not to not not to encourage it. The one time, like I was asked before, the one time where sometimes a person actively has to destroy the aracha is the father's Russia. And as a result of that, the son's going the same malach. And then he's a shikladas, not always pashit. But some that would be the only justification to to destroy the son's aracha for the father. And I know it's a nice when it's leading the son off the derech. Sometimes we've had to do that. Sometimes we've had cases where a father of Mamish leaves a derech. He was from you guys off completely. Whether it's because of incident or because of other reasons, whatever the reason is, that's what happens. And now, and now, the son who respects his father is starting to go the same way. So then our only, sometimes the only answer there, so to speak, is to explain to the son, your father's not doing the right thing. Right? His father made a big mistake in his life. You're very sad about it. You want him to travel one day, but it's not, there's nothing good about what he's doing. Sometimes it's only to muscle the child. Like I said, it's, it's coming. It will come at the expense of the relationship with the father. That's the only answer. Whether to do that or not, it needs a shekel das. It's not partial, but uh, that would be the only case that you talk about where such a matter could be justified. Is there a mahalach 